Buck 92.3 FM and AM 830 is WMMI Shepherd Mount Pleasant. Welcome to Spock Sports Show, presented locally by Barbary Law Firm. Let's look inside this week's local sports scene with your host, Chris Spockman. Hello and welcome back to the Bird Bar and Grill for another edition of Spock Sports Show. Coming to you live from the Barberry Law Firm Mobile Sports Studios. The live show obviously took a hiatus last week with it being Halloween night here. It didn't seem like it was too slamming for Halloween, but don't want to, you know, expose that youngster, all those youngsters to that kind of, you know, atmosphere yet. Lots to talk about tonight. We got our high school football review, the All-22 look ahead. I'll also talk about some Sacred Heart Girls volleyball as they're in action in regionals tomorrow. And that All-22 team will be unveiled next week, myself and Brett Heibel, as we talk, you know, the, the greatest 22 football players that we saw this year on the gridiron. And hopefully I'll be joined by Brett Heibel. You know, he's a little too school for too cool for school sometimes, but we've got other sports notes here to get to as I look ahead. The, the table is empty this week as our football season has kind of come to an end. We'll start having some basketball players, basketball coaches, wrestling, and so much more. Uh, Mid-Michigan men's and women's basketball, they're getting their games underway. You can check those out for free at Moray Courts. Staying local, CMU football was victorious this past week. Now 3-6 and six overall. Take on Buffalo this week. Wednesday, obviously. Got the weird Wednesday games with the MAC the next few weeks. So, Anton Rickhamstrick, Mount Pleasant graduate, will be coming back to town with Buffalo. And next Wednesday, ooh, it's a big one with the hated Western Michigan University. And staying with the college gridiron stuff, Sparty got a much-needed win over Illinois. Kind of, you know, might have spoiled their season with that loss. They were ranked. We'll see if they stay in the top 25. MSU is now 4-5 and five on the year. They got Rutgers, Indiana in their next two games, trying to get back above 500 and get themselves both eligible. And, well, it's even to talk about when it comes to college football right now locally. Definitely the Michigan Wolverines looked a little sketchy in the first half, but, boy, they dominated in the second half versus Rutgers. They are now 9-0, and got to be careful. You got Nebraska and that aforementioned Illinois team beforehand, but looking ahead of versus Ohio State, could be them for the Big Ten title, the right to get into the Big Ten title game and possibly that college football playoff. But now with Alabama with two losses, see what happens with the SEC and the Pac-10 kind of. Is there a chance a one-loss Michigan or a one-loss Ohio State not being a conference champion could end up getting into the college football playoff? Just going to have to keep our fingers crossed and watch that. And Blake Corum, Michigan running back, just having an outstanding year. Probably won't win the Heisman, but most likely be a Heisman finalist. Seems to always be a QB these days. I think they were looking at the, the youngster from Tennessee, the quarterback, but after they got bludgeoned by Georgia, Georgia's quarterback, Stetson or whatever his name is, probably in the running. Some uh, big-time stuff, the NBA, the NFL. Lions beat the Packers and the Pistons. Well, they're playing. I think that's just what I'm going to leave it at at that. But the high school football review is the big thing that we want to talk about tonight, along with Sacred Heart Academy in action tomorrow night. And I ambushed Krista Davis a little bit earlier to see if she'd be, you know, available. So fingers crossed she might be able to make it in tonight. We're just going to have to wait and see. But she's got some more important duties, picking up the kid. And tomorrow night it's Muskegon Catholic Central in McBain, at McBain NMC in regional play. As far as football goes, you probably know what happened with our ultra-locals. Beale City, Mount Pleasant, they fell on Friday night. We'll talk an awful lot about those games coming up. But still playing, Ithaca, Midland, Gladwin, Merrill, all winning district championships along with Everett winning their first ever 
district championship from what I see at michigan-football.com. So congratulations to them. And those teams, like I said, all moving on in action this Friday and this Saturday. Talk about those teams. Ithaca will be in action this Saturday. They'll take on TC St. Francis at Thurlby Field with a 1 o'clock kickoff. Midland, Friday, 7 o'clock. they got to travel down to Dexter to play one of the highly ranked teams. And I believe Dexter's running back is going to Michigan. So he's going to be very, very tough to stop. Gladwin, they're going to be on the road against Muskegon Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge bested Shepard 32-0 earlier in the playoffs. And Gladwin beat them 54-0 earlier. So if you're trying to look at that common opponent, I think Oak Ridge kind of took the foot off the gas pedal in the second half. But Gladwin, Muskegon Oak Ridge, that one should be a really, really good game. That game Saturday at 2 o'clock over in Muskegon. On the other side of that bracket, though, you've got two of the top-ranked teams in Division Five, with Grand Rapids, Catholic Central, and Portland. And so if Gladwin does move on over Muskegon Oak Ridge, things will not get any easier. As far as things go in eight-man football with Merrill, they're going to be taking on Munising in Munising, and it's another long bus ride for the Division Eight team that's still left, the Everett Wildcats. They're going to have to go all the way up to Iron Mountain, so maybe Merrill, Everett, uh, well, I guess you're not going to carpool Iron Mountain and Munising still a couple hours away from each other, but there's going to be an awful lot of people traveling from the mid-Michigan area and the, the north-central mid-Michigan area to head up to the UP this next weekend for some high school football eight-man and 11-man action. Now, back to that high school football review. When we come back here on Spock Sports Show, we're going to take a quick break. Then we'll talk about our three teams that weren't in action this past Friday. Sacred Heart, Claire, Shepard, what I thought of their seasons. Then we'll come back and take a real deep dive looking at Shepard, or I mean, pardon me, looking at Beale City and looking at Mount Pleasant and the great seasons they had. You're listening to Spock Sports Show on Buck 92. We'll be back with more right after this. If you've got legal questions and you don't know what to do, my attorney is Joe Barbary. He can be your stew. Hi, this is Joe Barbary. Here's a motor vehicle accident tip. If you've been injured in an auto accident, you don't have to go to Detroit to get the best legal team to represent you. Myself and my staff have been doing auto accidents in the central Michigan area for over 30 years. Most people I know don't want to drive 150 miles to meet with somebody that they've never met before. If you retain us at Barbary Law, you'll meet with an attorney face-to-face, and you'll be minutes away from doing so. So keep that in mind. If you're injured or, God forbid, a loved one is injured or killed in a motor vehicle accident, contact Barbary Law, and we'll take care of you. My attorney is Joe Barbary. He can be yours, too. Mount Pleasant Chamber of Commerce would like to invite you to another business over breakfast. They know how busy your life is. That's why they want to give you a chance to network with other local business members all before you head into work. This Friday at the CMU College of Business at Grand Hall. From 8 to 9 a.m., hear about community events, learn about new chamber members, and find out who's moving on up in the local business world with business over breakfast this Friday from 8 to 9 at CMU's College of Business at Grand Hall. Business over breakfast is brought to you by the College of Business Administration at Central Michigan University. My Michigan podcast Act. My 104.3 and Buck 92. This is Carmi from the UPS store in the stadium mall in Mount Pleasant. My husband Paul and I want you to know that yes, we do shipping, but we are also printing specialists too. We can ship that package to where it needs to go. Stop by the UPS store and find out for yourself just how versatile we are. It's Fox Sports Show coming to you live from the Barbary Law Firm's Mobile Sports Studio right here on Buck 92. Welcome back to the Bird Bar and Grill. It is Spock Sports Show coming to you live from the Barberry Law Firm Mobile Sports Studios. 
All right, high school football review time. A little sad that our coverage is already done after the district championships, but don't worry. High school basketball is right around the corner, and actually kind of a looks ahead to that. 29th of November, Shepherd Mount Pleasant girls should be our first game of the year. December 6th, Mount Pleasant Midland boys. December 8th, Claire Shepherd boys. And I believe on the 20th, this should be a good one, Alma Mount Pleasant boys hoops. Teams that don't get together a whole lot anymore. Should be a lot of fun to see them on the basketball court. All right, start with Sacred Heart Academy. They finished 4-5 and five on the year, did not get into the playoffs. They had some very, very close losses. The first game of the year that we had with them was the Monsoon game. They lost 14-8 to eight to Morris. It was close all the way through. Morris scored with just a couple minutes left, and then the Rangers kind of really turned on. It was really hard for Sacred Heart to move the football in their last possession. They then fell to Middleton Fulton, 48-35, and that was the game in which they saw Aiden Halliday go down about halfway through. Blasted Colt Vesterberg after that, then beat Coleman in a tough game. Then they bested Weberville 22-12, and then things got tough with Breckenridge. The aforementioned Merrill, who was still playing, they lost to Breckenridge 20-12, to Merrill 60-28, and then it was a shootout with Montebella. They lost that game 64-58. When I talked with Coach Wheaton after that one, he said, well, there was a lot of touchdowns, and I don't think they punted the entire. I think Montebello scored on every single possession they had. They did close out the season with a big victory over Portland St. Pat's, 43-30. But just kind of decimated by injury. When you have two of your big guys go down, Josiah Howell and Aiden Halliday. But some guys who stuck out to me and some youngsters that stuck out to me as well, Joel McDonald, Connor Stemke, Caden Rose, at Roman Addison were all great. But Jason Bogue at quarterback, if I was going to have to pick an MVP of this team, I think he would be the guy. And he was also great on defense playing in a couple different spots. Think about two more years of him and Joe McDonald in that eight-man backfield. They are going to be whew, really, really dangerous. And add in next year, Aiden Halliday is going to be back healthy. Caden Rhodes is going to be a senior. This could be a very, very dangerous team next year. And one thing Coach Wheaton and I talked about with all the injuries that they had to deal with, he had to move some guys into some different parts that weren't maybe used to it. Well, you know where some youngsters are probably going to be at on varsity next year. So that could go ahead paying some big, big dividends for this team in the future. Kind of move on and talk about our next school, and that is the Shepherd Blue Jays, who finished the season at 6-4. and four. And what a great bounce-back year it was. First year, uh, first year, pardon me, under Coach Irv Ziegler. And things started off with a big win over Elma, 28-14. But then they got shut out twice in a row and also only scored one offensive touchdown in that Elma game. And so through 12 quarters, their offense had really struggled, but then really picked it up. They won five straight after that, beating Beaverton 34-20. Godwin Heights 21-20. Put up 41 against Harrison. Put up 54 against Pinconning. And then closed out the Jack Pine Conference play with a big win over Clare 26-14. They lost to Clare last year 56-6. So talk about bouncing back in a big, big way. And defensively, I thought they were really great in Week 9 as well. They held Ithaca to just 21 points. And even in Ithaca's loss this year, they scored 27. So 21 was their lowest output of the year. And a very tough matchup versus Muskegon Oak Ridge in the opener of the playoffs. They fell 32-0. Heard me talk about Oak Ridge earlier. They are still playing. They'll take on Gladwin this week. Think about Tate Ross, Maddox Woods, Isaiah Real, some of the seniors that stood out to me, and some of the youngers, Jalen Brandenberger, uh, Luke Hart, Dysinger, all stood out to me as youngsters that will be back next year and doing some big things for the Blue Jays. And to talk about Claire, it's going to be a little bit shorter for us. Is this was the first time in several years that we actually did not have 
have a Claire Pioneer game. I believe the Claire Shepherd game was the same week as Mount Pleasant Midland Dow. We're always covering that Mount Pleasant Midland Dow game, so we we're definitely there for that. And so a little bit shorter talking about the Pioneers. They finished the season five and five. Kind of like the Irish, they are decimated with injury. Miles Haggart don't going down at the quarterback position kind of really set them back. And now to talk about the two teams that did play this past Friday, and I'm now joined by Jason McIntyre. Jason, thanks so much for joining me. You had the, the middle school uh, basketball is already going. I saw that at Sacred Heart as well. Yep, yep. Uh, part of the job is AD. Yep, yep. and I kind of going through doing a little football review. I talked about Sacred Heart, just talked about Claire and Shepard. I'm going to start talking about the Aggies, and then we'll kind of move on to you guys. They were bested 28-27 by Fulton this past Friday, and just like you guys, it was an incredible game. On early pick out Fulton get up 7-0, then Jamison Latham, 85-yard and 65-yard touchdown. It was 21-7. Fowler got a big touchdown right before the half, 15 seconds left to make it 21-14, and that ultimately ended up being a big, big deal. Fowler took a fourth quarter lead, 28-20 with 5.21 left. Beale City scored, went for two with 1.44 left. They didn't get it, so Fowler just needed to pick up a first down. They did it, held on to win 28-27. Beale finishes the season 10-1. Their two bookend games were just classics, the Fowler game Friday and the Crampback versus Ravana way back at the beginning of the season. And some seniors stick out to me, Ben, Caden Strauss, Carter Fussman, Owen Kovac, Sawyer Scully, Richie Pierce, all seniors that were great. And you think Jack Fussman, Jamison Latham, Josh Wilson, Bennett Gildy, Caden Smith, and some others already going to be coming back. Just, just unbelievable. And now kind of perfect that Coach Mack stepped in right now to talk about the game Friday that – you know, it's one of those that, you know, I feel like I'm okay saying I feel like a little bit of a part of your team or Beale City. You know, when you lose these games, I feel like I'm losing a little bit too. But, you know, what a pleasure to be to be a part of something like that on Friday night is what I'm going to start by saying to you. How do you, how do you feel about me just kind of making that statement? Yeah, I mean, um, when you look back at it, you think about the weather, the crowd, um, the environment, the noise, the two teams – the way it played out, I mean, I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out to me in the last couple of days, and be like, "Man, if they had instant classics in high school football, that'd be that'd be one of them." And you know, they had this and that. So, yeah, it was um, it was obviously a really really good high school football game. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to give him some credit when when Curran scored the the long touchdown towards the end of the first quarter to make it 14-14. I'm sure you you've listened to myself and Heibel quite a bit and. Heibel doesn't give himself the credit how football smart he is. I believe it was when Curran scored that Heibel brought it up right at the end of the first quarter. You know, we might be here for a while tonight. This game's got a shot to go to overtime. And then when you guys got the ball back with 4.05 left in the second quarter, he makes a statement. He says, you know, this game's just got to be tied going into halftime. It's just got to be. And it was. And what an incredible game it turned into. You know, 56-49 is a final. I think if you and I go back, there's only one thing we would change, and that's just kind of flipping around that final score. But how proud of you were you with going up against your guys? You and I talked about it, you know, in the pregame leading up to it, that they're going to probably be able to run the football against you. Well, I was guy. I had my foot in my mouth a little bit. They had to throw against you guys a few times. You guys did a good job, and it was just a few of those trickery things. Uh, Kern's getting around the corner that was just tough to stop. Yeah, I mean, they have not been stopped by anybody this entire year, even in their losses. Um, you know, they're very difficult to defend. Um, they have a really good offensive line. they got good solid backs, and they go a million different directions and do, and they get a million different sets and everything. Um I thought we had an incredible game plan ready. I thought our kids prepared really well all week. 
Um, I think we got caught up a little bit in the first half in the emotions and made some silly mistakes on defense. Just, I mean, something no one from the stands would notice, but just in our game plan, little things that would have made a difference on that play here or there. We got into halftime and settled down, and then I, I thought our defense played pretty dang well in the second half. But then it was kind of a flip for offense. We had some chances to really, you know, we got a couple turnovers, we stopped them, and then we would go three and out, you know, and that was frustrating. Um, but, yeah, you look at that game from our perspective, and there's going to be a million things that you wish this one thing, just this one, whether it was this one play, this one decision, this one defense, this one call, whatever, you know, one thing changes. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's different. And that's going to be, that. that is and will continue to be the hard thing, I think, for all of us to take. Um, you know, knowing that it, you're looking at a team that, been the state finals i don't know how many times in the last few years or at least the semifinals and i think the semifinals almost every year yeah they won it two years ago barely lost in the yep. state finals last year and then you know look ahead linden and boy and linden played really well on friday and so they were going to yep. be a beast of a team to play again but somebody that she had already best in a couple things that i got to ask you about and i'm going to preface this by saying we need more mhsa officials we're not trying to dog on the officials here things happen um the 12 men in the huddle you know, you're not supposed to break the huddle with 12 men, and it seemed just to be like a, a thing that they just did almost every play. Was was that explained to you or anything? Yeah, well, before before we go there, like the, the thing that's frustrating, and it has it doesn't have to do with the individual officials or the guys we had Friday night, is that one thing that I think the MHSA has to take a long, hard look at is um, we have seven-man crews the whole year. They only operate with no nobody, I mean, no hardly anybody at our level of football play has a, has a five-man crew. And we have five-man crews in the playoff, and they're not crews that work together. I mean, how, I mean, like, they're not assigned by local assigners. They're signed by the state. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I think from a coaches, in our coaches association perspective of that, that's frustrating. It's just, you know, you get local guys, and, and, and so... It, in the Valley where the game's pretty fast at, at our level, you get local guys who've worked games maybe that aren't as fast and now they're assigned to us. So that happened week one. I thought we were, um, thank, I think there was a difference in the two teams week one, so it didn't play out. But I, and, and the officiating crew at Friday night, I mean, those guys um, had worked some good football and I, I had no problem really with the way they managed the game. The, the, the 12 minute hall thing was frustrating, but there's a, there is a, the rule gives you a like two second buffer um, I'm not sure that that was within the two-second buffer a lot. Um, we, we brought it to their attention a handful of times. Um, I don't think that affected um, our ability to defend them. You know, you'd like to see those things. There's some other things, like obviously the, the biggest call of the night was the, was the face mask on third and ten when we sacked them, and the game would have been over pretty much. And, um, and you know, we can discuss whether it was a face mask or not. But And, and what happened with that play is Andrew Dennis got into the backfield in, in – Went to grab a hold of the, I believe it was uh, one of the sophomore quarterbacks they were playing that time, and you know he kind of just just kind of ducked down, and Dennis kind of ended up grabbing him in the back mm -hmm. of the helmet, and the helmet came off, and so I think that the the view that one official had, it, it looked like an obvious face mask because. The helmet usually doesn't come off when you grab the back of it, but a helmet in the back doesn't usually get grabbed. I started calling him the bear paw, Andrew Dennis, because if he if he gets a hold of the air in the backfield, it's really hard to get away. But uh, what were some guys that stood out to you in that game? The, the catch that Scooter Polk had, the only way that I've been able to describe that to my friends is you go back to the DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary catch a couple years ago. He just kind of went up a little bit more than everybody else and brought it down. And 
Uh, I know I freaked out when I went back and watched it, listened to Brenton Scobie calling. He was, he was freaking out as well, too. That was pretty special. Yeah, I mean, Scooter's a different kind of player. Um, he's got, like, a little in, something inside of him that a lot of high school kids don't have. I mean, he just – you go back to the Cadillac game when at halftime he just said, okay – I'm going to play at a different level than everybody else. And um, I think there were times you saw that Friday, whether it was that catch or – I mean, I, I think of, like, when have we ever lined him up in the backfield and handed the ball off to him on a power play, right? Never. We in, did yeah. it once, and he friggin' – I mean, I never even knew – I mean, Scooter's a wide receiver, right? You know kind of the mentality of those guys, yeah. right? He, he carried that guys, guy yeah. right in the end zone. I mean, he – he um, and sometimes it gets him in trouble, right? Because like he wants to be instinctful and do things, and sometimes he gets himself out of position. So you can find things for that. But he 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 plays so hard the whole game on both sides of the ball, and and really doesn't tire out. You know, what I mean, like um, yeah. So I thought he was, and, and I, I guess the one guy I'm really happy for in the game Friday is Max Humphrey. Um, because he got an opportunity to be Max one more time. You know, what I mean, he's had a really really tough season. Um, he, he, those of us that have seen him at 100% know, you know, and there's, you know, it's only been a couple games really, right? Like he had to share the love with, with last year with Corey. Um, and he got a couple games, the Midland game this year, especially where he got to be max and um, put on a show and he didn't ever get to after that, you know, and, and that's hard for a guy who I, I can tell you there's nobody, I mean, he loves guys. You know, I'll get coaches say, "Oh, is he not playing because you know he's going to Division One baseball and they want you on a rest?" No, no. You see the look in this kid's eyes every day in practice and the way he, that he absolutely loves football, and um, just for him to have the ability to be Max one more time was really, really cool. And that's something I'll remember a lot about Friday night. Is you know he got to be he got to make some runs and some catches and some plays that he would you know we kind of held him back until that point. So I was really happy for him. You know, I wish we could have found a way um, to just pull it out, but yeah. And I think that, that kind of talks about his leadership as well, too, because it, you know, towards the end of the season, he probably could have said, coach, I want to be out there more. I want to be out there more. But it was one of those, I think he kind of knew like, you know what, if I am 100% once we get to this part of the playoffs, that's that's going to make a difference, and it made a big difference Friday yeah. night. I will tell you this, though, it took a lot of pulling the dog back. I mean, he, <laughs> as much as that's leading, he wanted, he was, I want to be out there, I want to be out there. And you had, to, you had to talk him through that rational state of mind, like you said, of, listen, we're – we're going to wait for the right time to turn you loose and make sure you're healthy. And, um, and, and that's what happened, and it almost was the perfect formula. Yep. And we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, I'm going to kind of do a little preview of our All-22 team here. We'll see if Krista Davis is able to show up. But kind of like you, she had more important duties going, and I ambushed her and said, hey, trying to jump on the uh, volleyball wagon now that football falls, football's over. She said, if I can make it up, I will. So we'll see if she's able to make it. We'll talk a little bit more football with Coach Matt when we come back. Listen to Spock Sports Show on Buck 92, coming to you from the Barberry Law Firm Mobile Sports Studios at the Bird Bar and Grill. If you've got legal questions and you don't know what to do, my attorney is Joe Barbary. He can be yours, too. Barberry Law is proud to serve clients in mid-Michigan. Ask your insurance company, any prosecutor, judge, and they know the name. He's respected, knowledgeable, and he wins. Barbary Law has won multi-million dollar accident claims, is an expert for estate planning, and Michigan's go-to divorce lawyer. When you have a legal battle, you need Barbary Law and his team in your corner. They work here, they live here, and they know us and our courts and will win for you. 
great legal representation is right here in Mount Pleasant. Barbary Law Firm, every case they take, they take personally. My attorney is Joe Barbary, he can be yours too. Birdhouse Classics and Collision is MidMichigan's new body shop on M20 just west of Littlefield Road. Accidents happen with those college kids back, and deer season is here, so when you have bad luck, Birdhouse Classics and Collision will have it looking brand new again fast. Birdhouse uses the highest quality parts and scientific paint matching. Now combine that with a highly experienced staff, and it'll be like a new experience. Birdhouse also wants to protect your vehicle with rustproofing for our harsh Michigan winters. From rustproofing to putting back together your vehicle after an accident, check out MidMichigan's new premier body shop, Birdhouse Classics and Collision on M20, just west of Littlefield Road. Prices are increasing everywhere. Lock in your low price on propane early with Coin Oil and Propane. Right now, Coin has been able to lock in at a lower rate, so you can too. Lower prices, no fees ever. So don't wait for the cold weather to hit. Lock your price in now with Coin Oil and Propane and save. Coin Oil and Propane, where their customers are their warmest friends. Buck92 and Buck92.com return you now to the Spock Sports Show, live from the Barbary Law Firm's mobile sports studio. Welcome back to Spock Sports Show from the Bird, from the Barbary Law Firm mobile sports studios, back with Coach McIntyre here. He's talking some of the standouts earlier, and I don't know if you reckon, you know, some of the names from Shepard Stouts, Isaiah Real, Maddox Woods, a couple of others talked about some of those standouts from Beale City. Kind of want to do the same thing now with you here. And it's funny, I, you know, I covered a bunch of your guys' games this year, and now with you guys, Beale City, you know, you do five, ten games a year, some of these names start to stand out to you, and you see players stand out every game. So I started going through, and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm – about to list every single player here, but I mean, Polk, Humphrey, Klein, Barodachuk, Newbecker on the line, Bunker, Dennis, Kowalik, uh, Blake Moore defensively, Banaski on defense, along with Zenneberg. You know, them would be, I feel like I could just name every kid for, you know, a, a standout player to me. The seniors that, that stood out to this year, their leadership and whatnot, kind of talk about them a little bit for your Oiler team. Yeah, you know, um, it's a small group. It's a small group, a small group of returners from last year. I mean, we were very senior-heavy last year. Um, but there's a, there was, as you said there, there's a couple key really talented players in that senior group. And um, so it was interesting at the start of the year to see how our leadership was going to come from them. And um, I think they were kind of a lead-by-example type group, um, you know, not, not as much of a uh, vocal, really. Um, a lot of some of the more of that kind of leadership came from our juniors. You know, one you, you always have to have leadership from your quarterback position, regardless of the grade, right? So Logan, yeah. Logan had he was kind of our vocal guy on offense. But um, you know, I, we already talked about him for quite a little bit. But I, I really didn't. I mean, Max really was the heart and soul of our leadership. I mean, the other guys did it. I mean, other seniors were really good leaders, but. I, just the way he did things, people aren't going to see the way he practiced when he was hurt and the way he communicated. Well, and the one thing that I noticed about him, too, and something that uh, is a really, really cool tradition you guys have been doing the last few years, and even after this heartbreaking loss, every player for Mount Pleasant comes to the sideline right by the bench. They all kind of wait in unison and yell a big thank you to the crowd for being there before they all run off together. And I noticed every time... It was number 10. It was Max in front in front of everybody that was kind of organizing that. And I think that's kind of what you're speaking to right there is those little nuanced things that might not seem important to somebody but are really important in building a program and having something year after year after year. I think he kind of filled some of those roles. Does that make sense? Yep. It, it, it really meant a lot to him to be in our program. It really meant a lot to him to, to see us do well. Um, 
he was he was prepared. I, I can't tell people, like, you can't understand for high school football how prepared he was mentally every week, regardless of his situation, to play and execute what we were, our game plan was. And he, he would know not just his spot on defense, he would know two or three other spots. And when we were rotating seven, he'd jump in and, and make the call or the check before the kid that was the actual starter would have done it before. I mean, so he, uh, we're going to miss all these guys a ton, but certainly his leadership was a great example for our young players. Hopefully that, that someone will grab the bull by the horns and take over for him. Yep, and uh, one guy you will have coming back is, well, actually, let me, Scooter Polk. Did he end up over 1,000 yards receiving on the year? I know he was. It had to be close. I haven't yeah. got the last stats from Friday, but it, it had to be close for and, sure. And Logan Brodichuk, we know, was over 2,000 yards. And uh, uh, is there any, you know, over 2,000 yards? How many players have ever Not done very, that about Pleasant? I think um, in a season, he might be number two. I, I have to look. Um um, but, I mean, William Arnold was for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I have to look and see. You know, that was what we had to do to win this year, right? Like, and I'll, I mean, I'll be honest with you, those that follow us and are wondering, I mean, I don't know if he'll have 2,000 yards next year. We'll be a completely different kind of football team, right? We return, we return all five of our starting offensive linemen, right? We return a slew of guys who handled the ball for us this year and Newbecker and Hutchins and, and Rubio, and right? So, and we got our tight ends back. It'll be more like the way Jason McIntyre likes to play football, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, his opportunity to throw for 2,000 yards might not be there next year, you know? Well, but the thing is, though, he's able to do it, you know what I mean? Yep. So that yep. really helps yep. him. I kind of kid you talk about it. We're going to see him on defense next year some, too? I don't know. You know, I when you're a senior, you know, like a Jackson Ostrowski a few years back, um, you know, I, I am never going to hold a kid back from being able to do what he wants to do and is capable to help our team do. So if Logan if Logan can help us win ball games and makes us a better football team by playing defense, then absolutely. If, if it's better to have him rested and ready to go on offense and maybe he's using his legs more next year on offense if he, you know, gets the weight yeah. thing. So those things will all be – Things that I tell the kids, December to June decides. Yeah. So, well, this, right now this is you. If the people have seen Friday Night Lights, you're taking you're taking the names off the board and you're putting them back and you're putting some new ones up there, getting ready to go. And that that's kind of the, I think the last question I want to ask you about the about the football team. Uh, so one of my favorite players kind of ended up being towards the end of the year was Mr. Rubio, and actually he really showed some speed. Um, he didn't wasn't able to push Kearns out of bounds, but for people who didn't watch, didn't listen, you know Bryce Kearns. He, he's going to be a legit college football player on the, on the next level. I think he was really good Friday. He had a breakaway touchdown run that Rubio maybe even had no business trying to chase him down, I want to say, but he actually chased him down, made contact, and just really showed some speed. Where, where are you expecting him to be next year? Is that kind of up in the air, and he might be fitting in at a bunch of different places? Yeah, you're right. That's It's, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, um, we call him Rocket, That's you know, so we know he's got the speed, you know, um, but – he, um, it, you know, he plays so hard, like you said. It, it was hard at times. You know, he's he's a junior. He's young. He's has, you know, like all juniors, has trouble understanding the preparation sometimes and those things. So it was hard to leave him off the field because he played hard, right? Yep. He was physically played hard. He gave you everything he had. So you know, his his maturation from now into next year is going to be grabbing a hold of the concepts and, and seeing how Max and those guys took that stuff in and how important that was and using that to make himself better. He could play a lot of roles. You know, he he was coming on as a as a, he was kind of our backup to Blake Moore at linebacker when he wasn't, you know playing other spots for us, like on the D end and stuff. And so I could see him being there if he can, like I said, grab those concepts and, and do those things. But um, he carries the ball well, too. So, like I said, it'll be I, – I, the one thing that's most exciting about from now until next August is 
the competitiveness that is going to exist in our program in terms of how you prepare in the off season. Like some years it's kind of like, well, I, I know I'm going to be the quarterback guy, or yeah. I know I'm going to be the starting guard. Cause you know, I, I was, was like, I mean, like I told you, we have seven or eight players that are juniors that at some point were a starter on the offensive line. Right. And we've got at least one pretty talented sophomore coming back, you know, that'll be coming up. Um, so the broken parks. Yeah. But who's going to be, Who's going to be that starting offensive line? And I'm, there's not as far as a coach up more than some competition <laughs> yeah. for positions because it makes everybody better, right? So, and same at the running back spot and same at, so there's holes to fill, but a lot of healthy competition that's going to exist there. Yeah, you think about, you know, losing Pope, Humphrey, and Klein, but then you think about, well, Newbecker and Hutchins was going to be one of the starters. He's coming back, and we talked about Johnny Rocket, I'll start to call him. Uh, very exciting things next year, and I think the only problem that you and I have is, Dang it, man, we got a long, long way to go before high school football again next that year. That might be your problem. I'm okay with that for a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, I wish we were still playing, that's for sure, but yeah. it'll be nice to kind of, you know, take a deep breath and then start thinking about those things. Yeah, I'm very fortunate to get paid to do this and uh, get to do a little little bit more lighthearted work than I do. you got to get down to business a little bit more, and like I said, if I could do it every week, but high school basketball's coming up, uh, wrestling's coming up as well, and I was telling you, I think it's going to be our first game's going to be December 6th, and I was looking at things, actually, Shepard Mount Pleasant girls basketball on the 29th so we will be there for that we'll get things rolling I know you're going to be stopping in as well as athletic director too and setting me up with some coaches some players to talk to for uh, basketball and here's the real question maybe you know listen to this will coach shell come out to a Spock sports show we'll, we'll see about I that so I, I will uh, I'll, I'll drag him if I have to get <laughs> good, coach, good luck with that yeah. coach uh, our basketball coach Darusha who used to be coach Jaska our girls coach uh, and get her here and yeah we got some exciting things coming up this winter I mean our girls program I'm super fired up about that uh, we, we, we return almost the entire varsity uh, team we do almost the entire starting lineup um, we had a really good JV girls team last year um, despite some bad coaching, and, and I was, uh, was going to bring something up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, um, no, I'm really happy. I'm really, really excited about our girls' program is going to be. I think it'll be a good, t- real different. If you get a chance, come on, watch this play this year. Both the boys and the girls. Obviously, our boys' program strong. It's been strong. Coach Shell does a great job of getting those guys to play really hard. Um, you know, he lost he, a lot like us going into this year in football. Lost, um, you know, a key group of his team um but he's got a couple returns they're pretty good ball players and now he's got to fill some roles and i you know it'll be i think it, the tradition will carry itself and and we'll have a good team to watch so there's some exciting stuff that's going to happen in the gym this and we got like you said wrestling um you know those of you who haven't seen wrestling we've got two wrestlers in our program right now both all state kids last year going to be back um, grant, grant stall is one of them uh and um so you know we got we, we got these these guys who you know, you've got to come out. Uh, no Webster's the other one, and um, they, you, you really need to come see because you, you know those kind of get, kids don't exist in, in the school all the time. And you know, when you get somebody who's been, you know, Grant's been a three-year state finalist. You know, I mean, this was senior year, so yeah, there's a lot of cool things going on, and uh, I'm looking forward to just kind of sitting back and being a, a manager of those things and watching those things and helping promote what we do at Mount Pleasant. And if people want tickets for these winter games, I imagine go online and get them, or will they be able to get them at the door? Well, just like everything else, it'll be through GoFan, and you can get them at the door with a credit card, or you can get them on our website. And um, But, yeah, we uh, 
You know, again, winter in Michigan's not, they're not exciting things to do, but I can tell you watching 16 and 17 and 18 year old kids compete their heart out is, uh, is very rewarding. I think anybody that was at our game on Friday would say that was a well spent $7. So I agree. And then I, I got to give you the one more plug. The best thing to do though, instead of buying a ticket every time is to get the year long pass. Absolutely. That I imagine you are still selling. I'm still selling them. You know, I mean, it's not quite the deal it was in August, right? Cause you missed the fall, but it's still, I think there's plenty of basketball games at, you know, $6 Baseball, a softball pop. coming up. Yeah. Too. There's Field, things. So. Yep. So, yeah, come in and see me. Talk about our sports. Let's see how you can help us out if you want to help out with anything, and um, we'll uh, we'll take you. Another big, big thank you to Coach Mack for taking some time to chat with me. We'll be back more Spock Sports Show next week. Coming to you live from the Bird Bar and Grill from the Barberry Law Firm Mobile Sports Studios on Buck 92, and you can find the Spock Sports Show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Spock Sports Show with Chris Spockman. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views, opinions of Latitude Media, our sponsors, affiliates, and My1043 or Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.